0: We're in part two of a series called Fast Forward and the theme verse that we ended with last week was found in the word. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto things, those things which are before. I would say those things. Are you grateful that God has something for us? Pressing two. Those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We spoke for a few moments last week about forward in Scripture. It isn't just a direction, but it has this meaning of onward in space or time or in the movement of affairs. Forward is not just the direction on our compass. It's not the north that we intend to go in or the south that we want to desire to to move into. It's not east or west, but forward is the intention of your activity. It's the thing that drives you to move. It's the motivation to get you in action, that intention. It's that in in scripture when it speaks of forward, it's about moving into that place that God has for us. And, And if we're talking about going forward, then it's important that we remember that we don't want to go backward. That sounds pretty logical, doesn't it? Remember Lot's wife. Remember that there was someone who should have made their way out but decided to turn around. Remember that as long as you're looking backward, you can't move forward. And God had made that way of escape for uh, Lot's family out of Sodom. The angel's explicit command was escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Two points that we left with you last week. One, look not behind thee. Look not behind thee. Don't look behind. Number two, neither stay thou in the plain. We can't afford to stay in the location where we are. If we believe that God has a future in store for us, if we believe that God has something there in the supernatural that's awaiting us, then it requires us to move into that place that God has for us. Someone say amen. Amen. Fast forward. 2 Kings, if you were to turn there in chapter 4, we'll stay there for a few moments this morning. I woke this, this morning with a strong sense of burden on this service today. And it hasn't lifted yet. Um, so if you will just stay with me for the next few moments. Second Kings speaks to us of a harvest season that's ripe with complications. Speaks of a son that was born to the, a family. And in Second Kings chapter 4 and verse 18 it says, And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. We find a son that's in the right season. He's the next generation. The Bible says that when the child was grown and the harvest was ready... He has the right motivation. The Bible tells us that the son, he went out. He has the right direction. He's going to the field and he's going to the father. The son has the right location. He finds the reapers, but it's in that moment and in that season where the challenge arises. The trouble comes to the forefront and the Bible tells us this in verse 19 that this son speaks to his father and he said, my head, my head, The problem with the son wasn't a heart problem it wasn't a problem with what he desired to do it wasn't an issue with his ability he had grown he had grown to the place where he was able to do the duty that was required he had that right intention he desired to get into the field but the problem came when there was a challenge with his head the bible says that he came to his father and he said my head my head and and I've read that verse many times and I thought like you well that's that's an aneurysm or that's a a physical challenge because we know it leads to his death and and but then I began to let that scripture sink into my spirit because um because his functions became dysfunctional the ability that he would desire no longer became able he became disabled But it wasn't a problem with his physical self. It was a problem here in his head. Something got crossed in his mind, whether it was a a blockage of blood or whether it was this, this challenge that came and this physical challenge, but it interrupted and arrested his activity. My head, my head, and... And I began to let that speak to me in the spirit realm because there are some things that we are struck with and challenges that we are engaging right now that have nothing to do with our ability. We've got the right abilities. We, We have the right intentions. We have the right desires. We have the right want to. We all want revival. We all desire a deeper walk with God. The reason why we're not still in bed this morning is because we have a desire to know God in a more real way. We all got in our car today. We all got ready and we all got to church because there is something in our spirit that is desiring more from God. That is the reason that we're here. There's a reason why we engaged in worship. There's a reason why we just, we, we undertook the challenge of being in this room. But, but some, I'll be honest with you that in this generation and in this day, it feels like someone changed the water on the beans. And I wrote in my notes, I said the years of experience that I had gleaned in the last 30 years in working with Pastor Woodward and the last 33 years when engaging in ministry. That experience seems empty facing the challenges associated with 2023. I know what it's like to stand back and say, my head, my head, I see the revival. And I see the harvest. I know what's available. And I know the intention. I know that God's at work. And I know that God has something in store for us. But in my mind, I can't seem to make it work. In myself, my ability. And now we're talking. Come on, we're being a little transparent today. My thought process can't engage at the level that we need to go to. My, my mind doesn't have the right thoughts to think. And, and I, I, I thought, Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest unto me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children as they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore will I change their glory into shame. That this lack of knowledge and this lack of understanding can have incredible devastation. That the product of not knowing what to do is great. The... When you don't know where to turn and when you don't know how to take that next step, I'm not talking about what. I know where we need to go. But how to get there sometimes becomes the struggle and it becomes the challenge. And I really wish that we could be like the children of Israel and wake up in the morning. And if the cloud's still there, then we stay put. And if the cloud decides to move, then we pack up and we begin to follow that cloud to wherever it's going to. what 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 an awesome thing, wouldn't it be? Hit the car starter and and then the pillar of cloud just leads you through your day. Come on, that early night when night falls and the pillar of fire shows up when we're done work and we just let it lead us. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But that's not the way it is. And, And if we're not careful, then we can allow our self to become our leadership. And we can allow our mind and our mentality to lead us. But our knowledge will never be enough to meet the demand The spiritual demand of today. Our personal smarts, our experience will never be enough. It won't be enough. We can't engage this place that God is calling us to in the natural realm. It has got to be a supernatural walk. We have got to engage some things at a supernatural level. We have got to engage this world not in the natural. We have got to engage the world on a supernatural level. We're not smart enough to outsmart the enemy. We're not worldly enough to impress the world. We're not rich enough to hire enough help to harvest revival. But there is a way for us to move forward. There is a way. Right now the challenge is how do we make that way and how do we go the way that we're, we're called to go. And, and, and I would just say that, that the challenge for us is the how. But the how doesn't happen in the natural I'm, I'm all for books that help us glean knowledge, but the lack of knowledge is what decimated the spirit realm in Hosea that the prophet spoke to. It was that lack of knowledge. We can glean enough knowledge to go forward. But the Bible does give us some instruction on how to move because it was the disciples. Disciples, they were the ones that learned great things from Christ. Matthew 17, verse 14, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. Again, the word lunatic, it lends to the idea and the understanding that there was a mental challenge, a mental struggle, uh, that, there was, <clears throat> that there was this indication that it was a mental failing that was there on the part of the son. And, and that son was the challenge that brought his father to the master. And he said, I've done everything that I know to do. I, I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. The disciples were the ones that knew what to do. They operated in the realm of knowledge. They operated in the understanding that they had been given. They celebrated that the enemy was subject to the name of Jesus. They, they celebrated their knowledge of the one true living God. Anybody know, glad you know who he is today? And I'm grateful that there's been times when we pray in his name and the enemies tremble and the enemy flees. I'm grateful that when we sing and we begin to worship the name of Jesus, that something transforms in the environment. But if we're not careful, we can begin to operate in the realm of knowledge. We begin to operate in the realm of our understanding. We begin to operate in the realm of what we know. And Jesus said that this man came to him, and when he comes, he said, I came to the disciples when they could not cure him. In verse 17, then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil. He did the very same thing that they did the very same words, the very, probably the very same actions, the very same mannerisms, the same hand motions. He did the very same thing, but but all of a sudden, something changes. The child was cured from that very hour. There was something different. It was more than just operating in a level of knowledge and understanding. It was more than just operating with knowing what to do. There was some power behind what was profi- pro- the prophetic. There was some power behind what was said. Which brings us to our next point about this week. Some would say fasting. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart. And they said why could we not cast him out? Why couldn't we do what you just did? And Jesus said unto them because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. You shall say to this mountain remove. Hence to yonder place and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible to you. And that faith level was there and they understood that that attack that that attack that came on the father and the son again it's a a story where the enemy is having a heyday with the prophetic promise of the future ccc we have some prophecies that have been uttered over our congregation we have some promises that god has given to us but we, sometimes we stand back and say, God, how are we going to attack the enemy? How are we going to move forward? How do we go? How do we advance? We've never heard of more mental health challenges and mental issues than we have lately. And I'm not dismissing or discounting any of it. Mark my words. Don't take me out of context. The enemy takes advantage of those moments in people's lives. And so we do believe in counseling and we do sit down with people and help them work through their problems. We do talk to them about what they're able to do and and, and sometimes we don't know what to say and we say, we're going to refer to you to someone that has more experience and more training, maybe more understanding. But that isn't where we need to leave it, CCC. We can't leave it in that place because the responsibility, just because the person has been dismissed from the room, doesn't mean that we are dismissed from the responsibility. There's something that the Bible says that so we can have a level of faith and we can have this power to cast out the enemy and cast out demons. Jesus said it was there, but, but then there are some points, there are some things, there are some seasons that we walk into where the word of faith isn't going to do it. Where our knowledge and our understanding and our experience is going to come this high to a problem that stands this tall. That That's that's some season that we're going to find ourselves in, that, that we are in a situation. And, and the Bible tells us, how be it this kind goeth not out. Jesus said, let me tell you, disciples, you did everything right. You didn't do anything wrong. But here's what you didn't do. This kind goes not out but by prayer and fasting. And I'm excited about what God has in store for us this week because there are some things that the enemy is going to get beat up on this week. Because we have people that are engaging in prayer and fasting. We, none of us, none of us like fasting, none of us, nobody, nobody likes the empty dinner table, nobody, nobody likes it when your stomach is growling and and everything's out of order because we've stepped aside from the food or, or whatever it is that you're deciding to fast from. But when we do determine to fast, and we couple that with prayer, then there's something powerful that will occur. There is a kind that, that may have hang on, hung on for the last couple of months, or the last couple of weeks, or the last couple of years, that, that some some walls are going to fall this week, because that kind is going out by prayer and fasting. That kind of struggle, and that, that kind of challenge, and that kind of thing that raises itself against the church, let me tell you, it gets defeated when people determine, you know, I'm just going to set some time aside this week. I'm going to set the table aside this week and I'm just determined that I'm going into a season of prayer and fasting because there's some kind of something that's been hanging on for a little too long and it's time for it to get dismissed. It's time for it to get put out. It's time for it to get put down. It's time. It's time for that kind to go out by prayer and by fasting. And sometimes you just got to go back to the very thing that you know. And if you were to go back to Second Kings chapter 4, the Bible tells us that the father says to a lad, he gets one of the other reapers that are in the field with him. He said, carry him to his mother. You see, I, I, I've thought of that before. Why? What's dad? Dad, what are you doing? You're leaving your infirmed child in the hand of a hired reaper. What is it, Dad, that you're doing? What not that your responsibility? Isn't that something that you should take care of? And, and, and as I thought about it, I, I felt that the charge of the harvest was in the hand of the father. The risk of losing the harvest represented many lives lost. But the father had trust in the mother. And so he says, I'll tell you what, carry him to his mother. Carry him. The father leaves the responsibility of his own future in the hands of the mother. And the Bible tells us that when he had taken him, he brought him to his mother and he sat on her knees till noon and then the end of the story that none of us want to hear and then he died. But I'd like to remind you that noon speaks to us not of a day that's over. It's the day that's incomplete if it's only noon. It may feel like it's the end, but it's not. It's going to turn out All right. if we just hang on for a little while. I'd like for us to take a moment and and if the father has entrusted this harvest to his family then here's what I know God is trusting this church with the future of revival. God is trusting the church with the future of revival. He's got it all in store but he's placing some responsibility in our pathway. He's placing some responsibility in our hand. I, I just want to remind you that sometimes we look around and we don't have the knowledge to fix the problem that we're in engaged in right now we we don't have the ability on the inside there isn't enough training but if we'll just get into some prayer and if we'll get into some fasting and we go back to what we know then God is going to make a way of escape in the middle of impossibility if we go back to what we know the promise isn't gone the future hasn't finished God still has more in store than he ever has before but we got to engage it in a way that maybe we haven't in a little while the bible tells us that the son had grown it had been a number of years since that prophet had spoke the words to that mom and that father and said you're gonna have a son but they held on to that promise that son was the result of a miraculous intervention by God and so when that son sat in the mom's lap and died she knew this isn't the end This feels like it's finished, but this isn't where I'm going to stop. And sometimes, I'll be honest, I look around and I say, God, how are we going to get to revival from here? The promise is decades old. Pastor, I remember Fredericton Fred. I remember our vision for Fredericton. I remember it. I remember the dream that we have for campus and our country and our province and our city. I remember that. And if we're not careful, sometimes we're rocking the baby to sleep on our knee and it dies in our arms right there in our lap. And we say, God, what is it that you're going to do now? How many, how many are glad that we're not finishing the sermon at seven minutes to 11? But if we examine her actions, I think it gives us precedent and a game plan for 2023. I'm not saying that we're dead. But I'd like us to examine what this mom does in the next few moments and allow it to be a game plan. The Bible says that she went up. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him. And then she went out. One of the strongest challenges in the Holy Ghost that we have felt this year is coming about turning our homes into places of devotion and dedication. And that's exactly what this little woman did Prior, if you'll back up in Scripture to chapter 4, verse 10 of Second Kings, you'll see that she said, Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. If we will make room in our own place for the power of God, then something powerful will happen. Our desire, we've talked about this as a staff, our desire is that we would dedicate our homes anew and afresh to God. And she did. In that season where she watched the prophet walk by back and forth, she made room in their home. She said, let us make a little chamber. Let us get it up there on the wall and let us set it for him. There, let's get a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. I'm just making room for the promise of God to come. And it was in that season where she made room for the prophet that God began to do the miraculous in their life. That son was a result of the room that she made, the place that she built, that, that, that room that they set aside so that the power of God could come amongst them. She had a belief and an understanding. But now in this season where the promise has died, she's got to take the promise in her arms and she's got to climb the stairs back up to the room. She's got to get back up to that place that they had prepared for the power of God to be in their midst. And, and maybe, maybe it had been a while since she'd been in that room. I, I don't know. Maybe it had been forgotten. Maybe it had been set aside. Maybe, maybe just got busy with the season. Maybe the harvest was calling and the activity. They, they kind of no longer went up that stairwell into that little room. But but i I'd just like to, to, to let us know that she climbed that place. The Bible, the Bible tells us that she went up into that place and, and she laid that child on the bed of the prophet she went to that place of separation she went to that place that had cost them something it was a sacrifice for them to set aside the money to prepare the room it it cost them something to make room so so that they could be in in a location and in a place for the prophet to be in their midst it cost them something it was a a place of sacrifice she went a little higher I feel like God's calling us to go a little higher, higher than the average and higher than the normal. She needed a new vision. She needed a better perspective because right now all she could see was the death that she was holding on her lap. She said, i got to get up and i got to get into that place where I can see something powerful. i got to revisit that place of visitation. I've got to take this lifeless hope and put it in the place of provision. I've got to go back to that place that God gave to me where God gave me this promise. And, And she steps in that room with the promise of God in her arms and she lays it on the prophet's bed. The promise that she, she knew in her mind, what she knew, told her that the, the son was dead. Her knowledge would tell her there's no hope, there's no future. Her knowledge would say there's no way forward. But something in her spirit was saying, I believe that this is not the end. I believe that there is more in store. I believe that our promise for the future and, and the promise of the next generation and the promise of what God has in store isn't dead yet. God is bringing it back. She makes her mind up and she makes her way and she prepares. She prepares. I love that she went back to that room. Does that just kind of get in somebody's spirit this morning? Sometimes we got to just stand and look for that place that God called us. we got to remember some names that we wrote here on this platform. we got to remember some revival moments where God birthed something in our spirit. We, we've got to remember places in this altar area where God turned something around, where God turned something around in our spirit before he turned it around in the natural Sometimes Jeremiah said, look, stand in the, in the way and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. We have a decision to make. Will we or will we not walk in the path that's the good way. Are we going to ask for the right things? Are we going to seek? Are we going to stand in the way and then we've got a decision to make? Are we, where are we going to turn? Are we going to turn toward God? Are we going to turn toward hope? Are we going to turn toward help? This little lady, she, she just had her mind made up. She she put that, bed on, that child on that bed and, and she called into her husband and said, She said, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It's neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, it shall be well. And sometimes we've got to break out of the parameters that define the when. We have a move of God. The Bible says that she saddled an ass and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Slack not thy riding For me, except I bid thee. Someone say fast forward. (laughs) That's the original fast forward. So this week it is about moving into that realm where we say, Slack not thy driving riding for me, except I bid thee. Forward. Go forward. Go forward is what I hear in the spirit realm. Go forward is what I hear when I'm praying. Go forward is what the Spirit is speaking. But God's waiting for us to say, you know what, God, we're going with you. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. It's about putting the impossibility in the hand of an almighty God. It's about reminding God of his promise. It's about believing that God's not finished. The harvest help is right here. The harvest help has yet to be revived. The harvest help is on the outside, but if we'll put it on the bed of the prophetic, if we'll put it in that place that we've separated, if we make room for what God has in store, then I believe that God is going to bring revival like we have never seen. The fields that are white unto harvest are going to be reaped. They're going to be reaped by people that may not be yet alive. She went and came to the man of God on Mount Carmel, and it came to pass when the man of God saw her far off, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite, and run now, I pray thee, to meet her. And so the prophet sends his servant out to meet the woman, and he meets her, and she is, I'm going to guess, kind of curt with him. Run now, I pray thee. So he meets her. Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? Is it well with thee? And she says, it is well. We can go back to the music this morning. The Bible says that when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. That picture was very clear in my mind this morning. About the intensity that she had. About the hunger and the desire. She knew how great the need was. But she also knew how great her God was. That she caught the man of God by the feet. And and it must have been a little while because scripture says that Gehazi come near to push her away. But the man of God said let her alone. For her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord hath hid it from me and hath not told me. God let something be birthed in her spirit before the man of God even knew it. There was something, there was a tenacity that she had. There was a desire. There was a hunger. She was going to get the promise. If it meant looking like an absolute idiot, if it meant that she had to get on the floor and get a hold of the prophet and hold on until the promise came, then she was willing to do it. She was determined to move forward into the promise that God had for her. People may not understand you. People may not understand your hunger. People may not understand your desire. It may even be hidden from them. But slack not thy riding. Because the promise is on the other side of that hunger. I won't read through the remainder of the verses, but if you skip down to verse 32, there's some trial and error. They didn't get it right the first time, but they continued until, in verse 32 says that when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. He prayed unto the Lord. And the Bible says that. He went up, lay upon the child, put his mouth upon his mouth, and his eyes upon his eyes, and his hands upon his hands, and he stretched himself upon the child, and the flesh of the child waxed warm. And then she went in and fell at his feet. The Bible says that in that moment, the child came back to life. And that, she, that little woman, she went in and she fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. The enemy spoke death, but God had better things in store. The enemy spoke impossibility, but God had a greater plan. The enemy when he looks at the circumstance he just kind of sewing up the last moment details of how this thing is going to get all wrapped up. But I'd just like to remind some folks today that when we begin to pray and we begin to fast and we begin to move forward into the plan that God has for us there is nothing that can stop us. You call it three days dead in the tomb. The roll, Come on someone's going to have to roll away the stone because Lazarus you're coming out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the enemy would speak over you it doesn't matter what your situation would dictate it doesn't matter how bad things feel right now I just came with a simple word from God it's time to go forward it isn't time to press pause it's time to move into the promise that God has for us someone say in Jesus name I'm encouraging us today if you stand together with me. I'm encouraging us today. Come on with someone, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. That's the realm that we war in. I truly believe that somebody showed up today because not because everything's all right, but because everything's all wrong. I believe that someone came today because things weren't all in order. I think that some of the hope that you held in your arms and you rocked to sleep on your lap before now has died in the moment and And God just came with a simple word that forward in 23 isn't for everybody but you. Forward in 23 includes you today. But it's going to take some responsibility on our part to climb into that little upper room and it's going to take a responsibility on our part to step back into some promises that God prepared for us and spoke over us it's going to take some parents that sometimes it's easy to give up on the hope that we had but God's speaking to someone this morning to say it's not finished Get ready to move forward. We're going we're gonna to pray some things through in the Holy Ghost. We're going to pray some things through in a season of prayer and fasting. We're, we're going to separate. We're going to hear the voice of God. We're going to silence many other voices. We're going to, come on, we're not going to be interrupted by, by so many things that we can get interrupted for. We're just going gonna to make some space and we're going to make a place to, to get alone with God. And, and in that season of prayer and in that season of fasting, God is going to renew some promise in some people's lives. Come on, don't don't bury it yet. Put it on the bed of hope and then step out of the room and begin to move into the promise that God has for you. It's time. It's time. I don't know what the challenge may be. I I don't know what you might be thinking about this morning, but but I wish you'd just kind of take a moment and put it in the hands of an almighty, sufficient king and allow him to move in a miraculous way this morning. Come on. Come on, we're going to be hungry in the natural, but it's going to birth a hunger in the supernatural. We're going to be, we're going to be setting some things aside, but, but it, isn't, it isn't for naught. It's so that we can open another door in the supernatural realm. We're, we're going to set some things off for a little while, but it's so that we can see what God has in store for us. I, I'm challenging us today. Slack not thy riding, CCC. It's not time to hold back. It's not time to pull back on the reins. It's, it's time to move into the promise that God has for us. Come on. The enemy may be speaking death, but God's saying life. He's speaking promise. He's speaking hope. I I wonder as we close service, if you would move quickly, we're going to pray together. If you would move quickly to an altar, and if you would say God I'm putting some things on this altar just like that woman puts put that baby on the bed that son on on the bed I, I want to take a moment and I I want to put some things on this altar I want to move some things and I, I I'm stepping into the promise that God has there's a hunger in the room this morning there's a hunger for more there's a hunger to know God there's a hunger to know what God has in store come on bless it if we hunger and thirst after righteousness there's a feeling that will come if there's a deep that's calling unto deep this morning then respond to that hear it step into it move into that realm move into that place come on the blessing the blessing the blessing is there if we're hungry for it god we know not what to do but our eyes are on you God we're not going to operate in the natural realm we're not going to operate in a level of knowledge and understanding God we won't operate there but God we we want to operate in a supernatural realm give us vision without a vision the people perish give us vision for more God give us a vision for salvation give us a vision for the harvest give us a vision attached to that promise God give us a vision we want the promise to live but what does that look like? what does it mean? give us that vision let us see it clearly let us see God harvest let us see salvation let us see altars that are filled with souls let us see baptismal tanks that are filled with people God let us see balconies that are over overrun with individuals God give us vision this morning give us vision If you're near someone would you pray together with them for a moment. Someone pray in the Holy Ghost.